My name's Amber Lynn. I'm a cop's daughter, a cop's sister, and I've got a lot of friends in law enforcement. Welcome to the Bad Boys, Bad Boys podcast. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to Bad Boys, Bad Boys podcast. Today, we're sitting with Art, one of my dad's really good friends. So we're, we're at UVU again, UVU, Utah Valley University, doing our interview here with Art. He is from Orem City. Well, you worked for Orem City for quite a few years. Yeah, I worked for Orem City for about 19 years. 19 years. I'm going to let Art introduce himself here because he'll do a way better job at it than me. So Art, take it away. Well, I'm Art. I've uh, been in law enforcement now for 24 years. I started my law enforcement career at the Salt Lake County Jail. Worked there for almost a year, then I got hired on with the Springville Police Department as a police officer. Worked there for three years. Um, part of my time there was a school resource officer, and then I, I was able to get a job at Orm City. It's where I grew up at, where I wanted to be. Um, so spent 19 years in Orm City, all in patrol uh, during that time. I was selected as a part-time DARE officer, enjoyed that quite a bit. Oh, fun. So, the little sixth graders? Oh, yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> they, they are. They actually want us there to go see them. So I had a good time oh. with those kids. It's one of my favorite jobs in law enforcement. Uh, my ultimate goal was to be a canine officer, and I started working on it from day one at Orm City, and it took me five years to get the program going. Wow. I've had, I, it, what was amazing is, is I had dogs given to me. I made a lot of good connections when I was young, and hey, we got this dog that we can't use anymore. Do you want them? Younger dogs, two, three-year-old, that have a good career. Um, then one day, a friend of mine uh, from Utah County was retiring his dog, and he's like, you want him as a single-purpose drug dog? Okay, well, he's 10 years old. I'll ask. <laughs> and told the chief, and he's like, I'm interested. Come and talk to me. I'm like, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> and two weeks later, the captain come down to me. He says, go up and talk to the chief right now. He's really interested in the... Uh, that drug dog. Okay. Wow. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, within a week, I had the dog at my house, and the next couple of weeks later, I started my first detective dog school with the Utah Highway Patrol. So you kind of brought, were you like the first at Orm City then to start the canine team? Is that what you did? Yeah, I started back in 2002. That is so awesome. And who would ever know a 10-year-old epileptic retired dog from, you know, that worked a full career would start a team like that, but wow. Rico was very successful. He was old, but his first night, I mean, he hit the streets, and he had five fines. Wow. Uh, found stuff that he normally wouldn't have found, and the next morning, the administration seen what Rico did in one night, and was like, we're buying him a new dog. Wow. And so, um, kept working Rico, and he was very successful. I was fortunate to have a schedule to where I worked with our undercover division every night, the same time. And we got called a lot of places, anywhere from South Utah County all the way out to Tooele County. Wow. And For those of you guys that don't know that, that's like what, what, my, what range, oh. miles-wise. Because you've got Southern Utah County is obviously south of Utah, and yeah. Tooele is to the east? West. To the west. So you're probably looking a good 50 miles just to the major, first major city where you did a sniff for in Tooele County. And then 20 miles south of my city, we were quite active during the first, well, first several years of the canine program. So you were one of the only canine in the area then? Yeah, at the time, there was, I think there were six or seven of us total. There was one for Lehigh Police Department, one for American Fork, 
and about four, I think, for Utah County. And then Payson had barely brought one on. Payson had yeah. one. Wow. Small yeah. city. Yes, that was the first dog that made me get stitches was Payson City. Uh, <laughs> so. We'll come back to these stories in a second, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rico, like I said, did a great job, and they were going to purchase me an, another dog within the year's time. And I, like any dog handler, it was exciting to go pick a dog. Well, during this time, prior to Rico, I had a, a friend of mine get a hold of me and said, Hey, look, I had a friend that bred Malinois. I think you had to look at these puppies. So he's bringing one up. My intention was to go look at this pup and possibly buy it. Well, it got sold out from underneath me. Oh. So kept working Rico. Of course, he was old, and I was looking forward to it. Well, the same friend says, hey, the guy that bought this dog doesn't want him anymore. He's free if you want him. Free? Free. So, and these dogs normally are around 10K. Yeah. <laughs> and so he was just a pup at this time, six months old. I'm like, well, I'll go look at him. And so I went and looked at him, and he was a... If you know the Malinois breed, we call them basically German Shepherds on crack. Okay. Yeah, when, do you want to explain that? Because I'm familiar with this as well, but you don't call them German Shepherds. No, they're it's a Belgian no -no. Malinois. They're a lot smaller, a lot more agile, tougher. In my opinion, they're the perfect dog. Cool. They're very lovable as a family dog, but you got to work them. they got to have a job. So once they went and seen this puppy, I'm like, okay, I'll go talk to my admin. And I was hoping to give it to another handler, and then I'd get my new dog. Well, through the discussion, it was decided that I was going to take this puppy and try it. Best decision of my life. Aww. We brought this little psychotic little puppy who loved to bite me in the back and <laughs> didn't like anybody but my daughter and home. Aww. And uh, my wife named him Zorro. Aww. And he was my best friend. Uh, Zorro was able to come out of his shell, a lot of work, and he turned into an incredible drug dog. Um, an awesome uh, patrol dog, found a lot of bad people, and even more amazing of a SWAT dog for the Orem Provo BYU Metro SWAT team. Awesome. And he was by far loved by the SWAT team members. Aww. We'd jump in the van, and they're all nervous for the hit, and there's Zorro in the middle, and he'd have half a dozen hands penting them, calming the home team down, because they knew Zorro was there to take care of them. Oh, Plus, that, he loved the attention. That's my heart. Of course. <laughs> So Zorro worked for a long time. He retired at 10 years old. Um, and then uh, during that time, they needed a bomb dog, and I had a puppy I was raising at the time, Zippy, my more little psychotic puppy, and Zippy turned into a wonderful bomb dog. He located a couple of handguns that people had hidden, different people. He provided security for Joint Chiefs of Staffs, um, people running for the presidency, uh, celebrities, Every year he'd go sweep the stadium um, at BYU for the fireworks display. Mm. He got worked a lot. So when you say bomb dog, like mm -hmm. so they can sniff out guns too? Yeah, they can stick, sniff okay. out guns. Yeah, okay. He found a lot of guns. And so... Whoa. Uh, and then uh, as we retired, um, we brought in our boy Bill. And Bill is just a sweetheart. He hit the streets hard, found a lot of dope in his career. Uh, had a lot of fun. Great family dog, too, when he retired with me from Orem City, him and Zippy. And actually, I've had some awesome dogs. I've been fortunate. That's so awesome. So for our listeners, a lot of them don't know what kind of dogs these are because they look at them as aggressive because they're police dogs. They're going to bite you. They're going to hurt you. But you were explaining to me that they're not aggressive. Yeah, these dogs are they're not aggressive at all. They say, well, they bite people. All a person is is a big chew toy. It's a big... 
tennis ball. It's a big rag they play. That's all it is. They have no meanness to them at all. To them, it's like it's a big animated stuffed animal that, hey, the harder they fight, the funner it is. And dogs love that. Mm -hmm. And we look for dogs that are very social that we can take into elementary schools. Both Zorro and Bill, I could take into a kindergarten room, lay them down in the middle of the room, and they would have a blast. The kids could climb on them, pet them. That's what we look for in a personality of a dog. Yeah. It's very rare to see a, a, a dog that has any really type of aggression now in law enforcement. Maybe if it's an aggressive dog, maybe it's the handler that's the issue. Uh, like I tell people, if there's any problems with the dogs, it's not the dog's fault, it's the handler's fault. Mm -hmm. We mess them up. Yeah. <laughs> so as you got this program started, which is awesome because it's been running for how many years? It's been running now for 18 years. Oh, my gosh. We've had as many as six uh, dogs at Warm City. Uh, right now, I think they're down to four. I think they'll probably be bringing another dog back in, uh, another uh, dog that's trained in patrol and drug detection. Cool. And, and been very successful. A lot of bad people have been put off the streets because of our dogs. and makes yeah. the officers even safer out on the street. Yeah. So what's the process of finding one of these beautiful dogs? Um, most of them we go out to Kennel uh, in California. There are a lot of kennels now coming up in Utah that I'm associated with that I've helped and trained some of their handlers with. These dogs, majority of the better quality dogs come from Europe. Um, the one I picked out, Bill, uh, is from Holland. He uh, was selected by the kennel to come out here and then we run through a series of tests. Of course, they got to have the right personality to come out, they got to be friendly and stuff. They got to love a ball, they got to love a toy. That's the number one thing we look for. Most of our work in Utah County is finding drugs. And without ha having a dog that loves the toys, that will do anything for them, that will eat them, you know, try to snatch them from your hand, they don't work. And so when we go out to California, we get up there early in the morning, we start testing. Uh, I've tested up to 18 dogs in one day and wow. picked out two. Wow. And I've, I've selected even, I've tested 15 dogs and haven't come out with any. And I've tested as little as five, and I could have taken any five of those to work. So it just kind of yeah. depends on the year, the batch, the... Yeah, when they come out. So um, all shapes and sizes and colors. I mean, we've looked at dogs from 40 pounds all the way up to 105 pounds. And we look for the dog. How I explain to people is I look for a dog that's going to choose you, not necessarily you choosing the dog. Okay. And so I don't care about the looks the sex of the dog, I like a dog that is going to work. And so after a full day of testing, we're usually the last agency to leave. They actually have to kick us out because we're out there working. We, you know, uh, we took a captain out there one time and he thought, oh, we're just going to go look at a dog that you like the look of it. And when he come back after that day of full day of testing, he's like, man, there's more into it than what I thought. I thought you guys were just out here. Okay, that dog looks good. I want to take him home. <laughs> man, you guys really work. Yeah. And I've, had, I've helped several agencies out. I'm like, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to be tired. Yeah. We're going to be working all day long. And so we go out there, we test a bunch of dogs until we finally get one that passes all of our tests. And once that's done, then we take them home. And then it takes about two weeks for the dog's um, true personality to come out. You know, we've had a couple of dogs we've had to return. Because they up. need to get into like a new, mm -hmm. like... Routine, I guess. Right. We've had some dogs that they've been sitting on a plane the whole time. They want to get out and do something. But then if you work them too much, they just become lazy. 
Like, oh, okay, I want to, I'll do it great this time. Okay, I did. I don't want to do it anymore. We want a dog that will go a thousand miles an hour all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, for an example, my bomb dog Zippy. He's a Belgian Malinois, but he also has an endurance of a hunting dog, which those dogs will hunt for eight, nine hours a day without stopping. That's Zip. I lucked wow. out on that. So do you take him hunting too? He would probably go hunting. <laughs> when he was when he was young and going through school, he spooked a baby cottontail. And training was done the rest of the day because all he was looking for was the cottontail. So, he was so focused on finding it. Oh, yeah. it's Like I said, these dogs are funny. Yeah. They, they got a cool personality to them. So, like I said, when we go out there, we'll look around, and you have to pull tape test, and we'll bring the dogs back. And then they go through an eight-week course per discipline. So if we have a dog going through patrol dog work, they got to go through the Utah Post program, which is eight weeks, and they have to pass the certification test. Mm-hmm. And then every year after that, they have to recertify. And same with drug detection or bomb detection. they got to go through the eight-week course again and um, pass that, and then with your yearly certifications. Yeah. And that's... I. After about seven years um, of being a dog handler, I was able to get my instructor certification. In about four years as being a dog handler, they asked me to go train up at Utah Post. I waited for three more years because I, I felt it was necessary to get more experience. Mm. And eight years into my career, I've been working for Utah Post part-time as a, an instructor. Yeah. And so I've been fortunate. I've trained guys from coast to coast. I've met even people... I was actually in the German Shepherd Club of Germany's news magazine. For, what? Uh, fighting with a dog in a bite suit, doing some ground fighting. We That's met cool. uh, the Dubai military come through with their dogs. Uh, South Korea sent a gentleman through. The wow. Iraqi police sent people through. Not to mention, I mean, we had guys from Florida, Kansas, Alaska, Oregon, Idaho, mm-hmm. all across the United States come to post, Utah Post, because the reputation we have. Yeah. Do you want to explain to everybody what POST is? I know what it is because I'm... Utah POST is the Police Academy of Utah. Post Police Officer Standards and Training. Mm-hmm. And that's where everybody goes for, through for training. Uh, 30 plus years ago, they started the Canine Academy with Wendell Nope, who's known forever. Wendell. I feel like I know that name. So Wendell's been around forever. Okay. I wish I knew what he knew in his pink yet be dangerous. He's an incredible mm-hmm. person, um, incredible dog trainer. And... We, he's literally trained thousands of dogs, which is one of the few people that can say it. When he testifies in federal court, he's funny, he's very articulate, and he's one of the best. And we're lucky to have a gentleman like uh, Sergeant Nope. That's awesome. So cool. So, best job you'll have. You know, people come through and tell them, you guys, this is the best job you have, and you'll never want to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one of the handlers I trained from Provo, his dog just retired, and he's like, I don't know about you, Art, but, man, I went home last night and I cried. Yeah. Because now what am I going to do with my career? Nothing mm-hmm. else matters. This is the greatest thing ever. It's fun, I, you know. Yeah. Going to work with my partner, uh, my best friend every day. I've that's heard that from a few officers, yeah. And so that's what the handlers, I mean, our dogs are our best friends. Yeah. You know, Zora's been gone now for oh, about four or five years. I still cry weekly for them. Aww. It's not every day. At least now I'm back to weekly. So, yeah. you know, you get attached to these dogs. Well, in some ways, I feel like there's dog is a man's best friend for a reason. Like, you get so attached, and they're your family. They're everything. Yeah, you spend, I spent more time with my dogs than I did with my family. Yeah. I mean, I work 10 to 12 hours. 
bless my days off. I spend time with them. I train with them. Zoro knew my knew Zoro, Bill, and Zippy knew all my dark secrets. Rico I only had for a short time, but those three they knew everything about it. Yeah. I remember one time just struggling all around, working graveyards, and I was just down. And Zoro knew about it, and he come up and through the door from his uh, kennel into the car where he used to sit most of the days. He never come up front. He's like, Dad, I got your back. Let's go do this. Aww. You know, and like I said, he took care of his dad just as much as he took care of him. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And same with Bill and Zippy. They knew when Dad's in a bad mood. They Both of them, Bill and Zippy, they worked together for a long time. They'd come up and just jump on my lap. Says, come on, Dad. Let's keep going. <laughs> That's so awesome. So kind of explain to everybody um, what happens at when you re- retire a dog. Is there like a ceremony? And then what happens to the dog? Because obviously some dogs are killed in the line of duty, which is just as devastating to lose a police dog as it is to lose another brother in blue. I feel like that's maybe not. I mean, it's a human and a dog, but I feel like it's pretty close. You guys take it just as serious. You guys mourn it just the same. I've shed more tears by dogs I've been associated with that have been killed in the line of Utah. Pretty bad. I've, I've got to know the dogs and stuff like that. You know, Unified, I have two of my friends up there who've lost dogs. In line duty, they were both were shot, and the first one, I watched this dog grow up with his handler, and I compete in police competitions. And the last year, this dog competed in the Las Vegas one. I'm thinking, I better watch my back. Yeah, I may have took first this year, but this dog can beat me next year. And when he was shot and killed, and I woke up and seen that news, I cried. Oh I cried at gosh. his memorial. You get lifelong friends in canine. It's a very small group of friends. Mm-hmm. But like I said, you, you get to know the dogs and you bite the dogs. I mean, how can you? Yeah. Even though this dog that, um, the first unified dog that was killed in line of duty, you know, I couldn't get up next to a pet because he was honoring just like his handler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still, you know, you get a little attachment. And then when the second one did too, I, I got to watch both these dogs go through their career and their handlers and become incredible dogs. And when the second one got killed, same thing, I cried. My gosh, how long was a, a part that they died? They were partners, uh, what, at least five years, both of them. And this latest one from Davis County, same thing. I watched this dog grow up as a puppy. I watched him train both of his handlers. you know. And I just had him come through post just a few months ago. Oh. And I got a text from the handler um, two hours after he got killed in the line of duty. And I, I was honored that they had me speak at his uh, memorial service. And it's hard. I kept telling them, I, I told the people straight up, this is, I'm going to boob because of the attachments I have for these dogs mm-hmm. and just how proud I am and stuff like that. You know, I love watching their careers. Yeah. When I talk to the guys in the police academy, I'm like, I take pride in you guys. You know, if I hear you guys fell or something, I take it personally. Yeah. But you let me know when you have successes and, you know, for right, it, it makes me happy to see them. And one of the guys I worked with, he just sent me a picture of his dog with yeah, 70 pounds of marijuana. And I like, oh, yeah, that's not too bad. And $7,000 cash, oh, that's not bad. Problem is, is the dummies had their uh, record-keeping book, and they actually shut down a legal grow in California because they were doing the illegal stuff. Oh. And from a little uh, incident that happened in Utah. Wow. Where was this 
place shut down at? Like, so we're in Northern Utah. California. Oh, wow. The girl operation, because they were doing illegal drug trafficking, got shut down. So the idiots were carrying a book with all their written... Yes, all the people they... It's like America's they, Dumbest Criminal right there. We've talked about this before. Yeah, <laughs> where they purchased it from, the address and everything, and who they sold it to, and how much, and everything, and who they're going to transport it to. They were just standing out here in Utah, and they got busted. I know this is off the track of the dogs for a second, but is that normal for poli- for um, people who are running drugs to keep track like that? Yes. Oh, okay. And it's amazing how they get caught for this, the dumbest things. We had a, a traffic accident here in Orange. Minor damage. It was almost no damage. But the people were weird. By the time I got done with it and said we got $17,000 in cash... The, the drug runner signed over, and he had dropped off some drugs um, up in Weber County, and we gave Weber County the information. Two hours into that, they served a search warrant, and they've been watching this place and got uh, the rest of the drugs and two stolen firearms. And they're like, wow. without this information, I don't know how long it would have took us to get in there from a minor traffic accident. Wow. Jeez, that's crazy. And so, and, you know, you look at some of my friends in the highway patrol. I mean, some of the stuff... The guys will just do dumb things, and they'll get stopped, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, they, they're getting anywhere between uh, 25000 cash to, you know, $1.5 million cash of drug money. I can't believe that. I can't even imagine that. So if you, what gives the officer a right to call in a canine? So let's say I get pulled over, or anybody, I guess, really gets pulled over for a headlight out, or mm-hmm. I was speeding. The troopers are the best, and I'll, Utah Highway Patrol... And uh, my mentor and the guy I look up to, number one, and, and canine from Emory County, they taught me how to be a good interdiction officer. They look for indicators. And I'm not going to go really through that. but Right, okay. It's some of the stuff how they can look to within one minute of talking to a person, they'll tell you exactly what type of illegal drug they're running. You know? Wow. And I learn from them from the best. And I look for the, they call them indicators on it. Okay. Uh, we had my rookie officer here stop a car, and he told me about it. And I'm like, you're, you're kidding me. He goes, no, everything you just told me, they're probably transporting cash right now back to California. And they're like, you're oh kidding me. Gosh. I'm like, no. That's He's like, crazy. I don't believe you. I, I don't know. <laughs> it has everything that points to it. But with me and canine, I've spent a lot of money in my own pocket to go to these classes. And I've been fortunate in the industry that, I've met a lot of good people, and I've made a lot of great connections, and even better, a lot of friends. And so I can go to these classes, allow me to go to for free, and I have phone numbers of guys that, hey, so-and-so, I got this car stopped, where do I need to look? Okay, you need to look at this quarter pounder, you need to pop this up, this is where I got this much from here, or if I have FaceTime, they're like, okay, where do I need to go? (laughs) They're FaceTiming you? (laughs) See that art right there? Yeah, that's where it's at. See the pry marks? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's what they're 100% right. Wow. You know, and it's just, I've, I've made great friends. I've had a, a good career, the people I've met. Like I said, canine is such a narrow thing that once you meet one guy, they'll hook you up with another guy. Yeah. So, and you guys become a close-knit group. Exactly. Yeah. I've been fortunate. Um, the guy that's at the very top of the pyramid for SWAT Dog is a really good friend of mine. And... He's so good to me that it's like, well, I'll go have lunch with him. Well, he's been around all across the nation, too, testifying, and he'll introduce me to these people and this people. You know, I had lunch with uh, L.A. Uh, Police Department canine sergeant, 
and their attorney one day in wow. Vegas. You know, so That's I meet a so lot of people cool. like that. And so, so do you have these people's phone numbers, like no. in these big cities, and you're like, oh, yeah. just text them every now and then, give them a call? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, for birthday, I'm like, I'm getting, on Facebook, I'm getting messages all the way from Minnesota, Florida, New Mexico, phone calls from my friends, you know. It's like, yeah. oh, I see it's on Facebook. I'm going to call Art. You know, I just had a friend from Colorado yesterday call and talk to me for a while. So as you hear stories from other cities, like on national news, when you hear something from California or Chicago or something, do you are you kind of attached to the TV finding out if you know these guys, what's going on? Usually, like those, I'll watch and I'll study the cases. I'm kind of a nerd with case law, but that's part of my job. When I teach officers, I want to know the update case laws. So if I see stuff... I'll follow it through the news, you know, and it's some of the court cases from these cases you see on TV take years. Oh, man. One major incident that happened because of the friends I've made, um, I received a picture of the crime scene six hours after it happened. And the person, it happened in the western part of the United States, the person that sent it to me was in the Midwest. Oh. And so I got that within just a few minutes of it. And then I got the whole detail from to the dog handlers that were there on scene. Wow. And so you make those connections on It's a it. real brotherhood. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize it. Like, because I'm part of it, it's just always been part of my life. But the more I'm interviewing you guys, the more I'm realizing that it's a lot deeper than what most people realize, this brotherhood between you guys. Especially in the dog, in the canine world, we want to help everyone be the best. And we're... We're not these, and the SWAT guys will probably get mad, these arrogant SWAT officers, we're the best of everyone. You know, like I tell them, I says, you know why they created a SWAT? Why? Because you guys can't be canine handlers. They get <laughs> mad at me. But uh, we just want to see our indus industry improve. And so we're an open book. Yeah. You know, I get invitations. I'm trying to go up um, to spend a night with uh, one of my friends up in Salt Lake County to learn a new technique. He wants to show me, you know. And it's wow. like, I'm going to jump with a chance at it. And we'll have phone calls. We'll communicate back and forth if they have a problem or if they have a question. The same with me. I have a question. I got a group of people I call. And one of them has been an officer for a long time in California. Now he runs a kennel up in uh, the border of Washington and Canada. I call him up all the time because he has just so much experience that he helps me out. And it's just a phone call. That's awesome. Then the same thing. If he needs some help, he gives me a call and I'll, I'll help him with everything. You guys to do. use your expertise with each other. You're mm -hmm. expert at something, he's expert at something else, you guys just bring those yeah. together. If I can't find, if I can't figure out the problem, I can find, sure enough, find someone else who can. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so let's go back to retired dogs. So if the dog does not die in the line of duty, how, what's the ceremony of them retiring? Is it similar to retiring an officer? It Obviously, depends. I've been through those before. It depends on the agency, you know. Oh, okay. When Zora retired, I actually own them, but I, you know, they signed them over to me and stuff like that. And I hope I have his retirement life. My wife and kids told me, he says, the first time you left him, he kind of paced the front door. I was like, Dad, how come you didn't take me? Because he worked since he was a year and a half with me. Oh. And he retired to, he was, almost, he was almost 11 when he retired. But once my wife got home, the spoiling come. I mean, he was watching TV <laughs> downstairs on the couch in the blankets, got fed what he wanted. I come home from work, and he looks at me from my side of the bed in the covers with his head on my pillow, and he's been an outside dog the majority of the time till now. I'm like, get out. She said, no, he's sleeping there. You go sleep on the floor. I'm like, no, he can go sleep on the floor. No, he can sleep on the foot of the bed. You know, oh, he got funny. extremely spoiled. You yeah. name it, he, could, he that dog could do no wrong. 
My wife would throw him in the car, you know, to go to the grocery store, go for trips. So she fell in love with him, too. Oh, she's always been in love with him, but now it's, it was her dog. And she had a family dog, too, at the same time. Wow. And what was funny is we went camping, and the, our camp trailer bed's not very big. And both dogs, I'm like, no, they're big, big dogs. And I'm like, no, they can sleep on the floor. Well, Daisy can sleep on the floor, but Zorro, the retired police dog, no, he's sleeping on the bed with me. He's, he's my boy now. He's earned that right yes. to be on a bed. <laughs> and so, needless to say, for the last, you know, he lived for about a year, almost two years. He got to sleep on the bed, you oh, know. And, but like I said, he he deserved it. Yeah. He was a fun dog. So you just get like a certificate just releasing him of his duties, basically? Yes. Okay. And just keeping the file, and, and then they live the best life they can. Oh, you know, God. Bill and Zippy, they get to go hiking. They should going to go camping with me. What's funny is one of Zorro's many funny stories. First time he goes camping, I'm sitting up the trailer, him and my and my other dogs playing around by the campfire. All of a sudden he stops, smells his campfire. He starts digging at it, and that's how he'd tell me when there was drugs somewhere. He <gasps> popped up a marijuana pipe that had marijuana in it. Funnier than heck. Oh my god! But that dog, when he was working, he'd do that stuff all the time. Wow. So a lot of fun. One that's time we hilarious. went down to a hotel down in uh, Arizona and check in my room, walk in the room with him to go set up things and he sniffed the floor and started scratching the floor. I'm like, ah, crap. Someone had spilled some type of drug there. So I went to the office and said, I think you need to put me in a new room because my dog will put a hole in your floor. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious. He'll just keep digging. Yeah, keep. He's like I said, he would, he would do that all the time. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, my retired dog now, Bill, we were down in Las Vegas staying there. I was taking through the walk through the hotel parking lot and all of a sudden he starts dragging me over to a car door he sniffs this trunk and he sits down and stares at it, and that's how he told me there were drugs there i'm like mm-hmm. okay i'll call las vegas and let them deal with it <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny good for him so before we started recording this podcast me and art were sitting here just kind of talking back and forth and you tell me that you have two retired dogs at your house right now correct so you've been able to train, work with these guys, and then you get to retire them and just play with them, hang oh, yeah. out with them. You know the best time of my life at home when I go home and my day's off? I go to let those two out of the kennel, and we just hang out together. Oh. That is my happy spot, and they love it too. I do yard work, pull, when they let me, pull weeds, you know, and we just <laughs> have fun together, you know. It's, do you guys still wrestle around on the grass? No, they get a little bit too rough on me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if you're not in your bite suit. <laughs> yeah, they actually, well, they both protect me pretty good. They, okay. Like I said, they don't like anyone messing with me. So i got to be careful wrestling around with anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, what's funny is I've had Zorro since he was six months old. And then he retired. Um, he's in the house, and I think by this time he's 12. And my son starts wrestling with me. And he's, like, looking at my son, looking at me, looking at my son. I'm like, Kyler, you're going to get bit. He's looking back and forth. He's like, well, Dad, that's my brother, but he's messing with my dad. <gasps> Can I bite him? He was so I, I confused. He was. I. She's like, this is Kyler. I can't bite him, but, you know, and it's funny. Kyler doesn't have a bite suit on. You know, you could play with him that way, but. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it was funny. Just that look in his face, like. So confused. I, I used to be able to bite someone who was hurting my dad, but that's my brother. <laughs> that's good that he recognized it was his brother, you know? Yeah, they're funny. Their oh. personality is just, it's a hoot. Everyone has a different one. Each dog, just like a human, just a different personality. Yeah. What's the life, what's the lifespan of a dog, first of all, of, of a Malinois? But what is also like their work 
like before they retire? How many years do they work? Malinois can actually work a lot longer than shepherds. Um, it just depends. Some dogs wear out physically quicker than other dogs. Zora worked, uh, I think he was almost 12. Um, Rico worked till he was 13. Usually after eight, we like to retire them, but they're still going strong, work them longer. Uh, eight's a good cutoff, but mals usually last till 10 years old. Wow, that's great. And then they'll, that's like their work career. And then how long do they live past that usually? If they stay, stay healthy, anywhere between 10 to 16 years. Okay. It just kind of depends like us. You never know what they're going to get. They may get cancer. They may get yeah. some type of health problem. Is there a certain type of disease or illness that comes to, that can come to Malinois? You know, they're so much healthier than German Shepherds. But cancer, I mean, that's a common one. We don't know if it's caused by all the illegal drugs or the, mm. the, all the bomb stuff my dog sniffs. Usually that's what takes a bomb dog. It's all cancer-causing. Oh. And so, but we're very careful with it for they don't have direct contact with it. But you never know what will happen. I didn't even think about that because I know as a lot of drug officers, like my dad was on SWAT team, so he would put on the gear before he would go into a house that was cooking meth or whatever. And I guess I didn't realize protecting the dog, too. And you can't really do that because they have to sniff. So my dog Zorro found oh, probably two or three meth labs, but they weren't operating. They were either two in a storage how he, unit. How did they find a meth lab? So the dog's trained to detect the odor okay. of an illegal drug. So in this case, methamphetamines. So all the vials, the stuff they use to make the meth, the meth is on it, you know, the smell of it. And so the... One, the first one he found was inside a, a vehicle that was actually impounded, so they didn't know what was going on. And so he smelled the residue of methamphetamine, and they wrote a warrant and got it that way. And the other two were uh, down in Provo in storage units. And so that was part of the career. But usually if we hear there's a meth lab, we don't send our dogs in. Okay, because you know that that's Yeah, because just dangerous. the chemicals and stuff like that. Yeah. It's just bad for them, so we won't even bother with it. That's so crazy, though, these meth labs. and. Hey, Utah County was number one at one point of number of meth labs in the United States. In the United States? Okay, yeah. people who's listening to this, if you know anything about Utah, I feel like the state is known for Mormonism. Mm -hmm. And so people want to think that this is Happy Valley here. It, there's a lot of drugs here. There's a there lot. A lot of heroin, a lot of methamphetamines. The prescription abuse were in the top, which causes the heroin addiction. You know, at one point in my career, there was like 2.8 people a week dying in Utah County from drug overdoses. Wow! If you drive in our, on our freeways here, there's there's signs off the side of the freeway that says how many drug drug and alcohol related deaths there have been in the year. Have you seen that sign before? Yeah. I think there's one right before the exit here, mm -hmm. and it's mind-boggling to me. Like it's so. It's so sad. It's so instant. Like I said, the heroin's so deadly and it's so toxic now because it's so pure. And oh. a lot of the deaths we get from heroin is people will get off of it and kick it. And then when they relapse, maybe heroin or prescription, they'll take what they were taking before, which their body's used to it. Well, they're not used to it and it'll kill them. Wow. That's so sad. So with a meth house, I remember my dad used to tell me, as you're looking for houses to buy, 
make sure you ha bring in somebody to check for if the house has been a meth house. Mm -hmm. Is that true? That's true. There's... What kind of damage does it do to the house? I don't. I guess I just don't understand that. It's almost the chemicals get in the wall and stuff, and they're cancer causing. So and we could so, like inhale it, be breathing it. Yeah, it could soak into the carpet and the wood and the sheetrock. You may have to just gut it all the way down to the uh, studs and hopefully it didn't get in the studs. And there's some houses you can't even live in anymore. They just have to tear it down. Yeah, that's so crazy. All right, so you guys, we're going to end with Art today. Um, stay tuned because he will be back on our podcast with more stories in the future. Thanks for listening.